Brothers and sisters, we are continuing our series on four Greek words for love uh, that we find in Scripture in some way or another and, and how that connects with Jesus our Savior. It is our Advent series leading up to, of course, the birth of Jesus, but also anticipating Jesus coming again, Jesus returning to us. And so this morning we are going to take some time and look at Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 to 50. You can turn there in your Bibles or it'll be on the screen. Um, we're, we're, this is, again, it's not, it's not particularly a Christmas passage, <coughs> but it kind of is, in a way, sort of. This gets at the heart of, of something that we talked about last week. Remember, what's the saying that we talked about last week? The saying that, that we uh, throw around and uh, has to do with families. Yeah, blood is thicker than water. But then we, 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 we talked about how the origins of that saying are that the idea that, you know, that, that blood ties, the ties between blood family, right, is, is thicker, more important stronger than the ties between people who have simply been simply been baptized right who are in the family of God that that if 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 Cody had to choose between uh his son and uh, a brother or sister in Christ that he would choose of course his son even if his son was totally wrong and bad because you know not that your son is bad <laughs> uh, anyways, right? That 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 somehow there ought to be greater loyalty to one's blood than to uh, those who are baptized into the family of God, which we talked about is actually exa- exactly the opposite of what Jesus teaches, and, and and this moves on here in Matthew where we read these words. Uh, Jesus, just for context, Jesus is giving uh, parables and talking to the Pharisees and other people who are wanting to learn from him. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak with him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak with you, speak to you. He replied, who is? my mother and who are my brothers pointing to his disciples he said here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother the word of the lord amen now there are a few things of course as as often is the case that we need to be clear about in this passage. Uh, some are, are, are little things that we want to be aware of, and, and some are perhaps bigger things. Uh, first of all, you'll notice that when uh, Jesus' mother and brothers come, Jesus' father, Joseph, his earthly father, is not mentioned, right? Um, and, and it's interesting little tidbit about scriptures 
that after, uh, after the story of Jesus' birth in uh, the manger and his uh, going to Egypt and then returning and then the, uh, the trip to the, uh, the Passover when he's very young, uh, after that, we do not hear about Joseph at all anymore. Um, and we don't know why exactly that is. Um, the prevalent sort of thought is that perhaps sometime after that visit to the temple, um, Joseph passed away. Um, and and that's, that's all we know about that. But uh, yeah, just thought we'd share that and make that clear that we're unclear. <laughs> if that helps. All right. Um, and then secondly, uh, we, we want to talk briefly about, hmm, about works-based works righteousness versus grace-based righteousness. Okay. Uh, remember that context is king when it comes to biblical interpretation. And, and there, are, there are several contexts in which we need to understand things. Of course, there is the immediate context, the verses right around this particular passage, but then there is the whole context of Scripture as well. And this is something that we run up against from time to time, is that it feels like sometimes the Bible is saying that, no, 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 you are not capable of earning righteousness through the deeds that you do, you, you get righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ alone. There, there is no other way to become righteous. But then we also come across passages like this one, where Jesus says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he says, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my mother and brother, or my brother and sister and mother, right? Which, which sort of seems to imply that if you do good stuff, if you obey God, then you are my family. And if you don't, if you do bad things, then you're not, right? And we tend to expand that to be universal, right? Uh, and, and to be fair, it sounds like it is, right? It sounds like Jesus is saying, okay, you do good things all the time, always, then you're part of the family. If you do any bad things ever, you're not part of the family. But that's not what Jesus is saying here, right? It's not what Jesus is saying here. We're making a false dichotomy when we think that way. We are tending to think that somehow good deeds, obeying the will of our Father in heaven, is different than having faith in Jesus Christ and receiving salvation through Him and being adopted into His family. They're not really different. But in, in, instead of them being, you know, I earn my salvation through what I do, or I receive salvation by grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ, it is actually that you do receive your salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ. And the fruit that comes out of that, among other things, is that you and I do the will of our Father in heaven. And we know that that is not 
you know, completed. That work is not done here on earth. Like we don't, we don't, we don't walk around doing everything perfectly all the time here on earth. But, but that is where our righteousness comes from. Yes, through faith in Jesus Christ. And then, and then the good works need to flow out of that. The fruit. Right? Okay? Just so that's clear. Okay? Now, we need to dive into this idea of brothers and mothers and sisters. But we're going to focus on brothers and sisters. See, there's a reality in which in which water is thicker than blood, as we talked about last week. But we have to be we have to be careful in understanding what that means and what it looks like. How many of you are part of a biological or adoptive family? A worldly family? Do you have a mother? Do you have a brothers? Do you have sisters? Do you have children? Do you put up your hand? Right. Should be pretty much everybody, right? You've got somebody, right? How many of you, those families that we're just thinking about are perfect? No. <laughs> That's not me sticking up my hand. Our families are not. We we talk about families and we talk about dysfunction often, right? That we joke with we joke with our kids sometimes, uh, you know, when, it, thankfully this doesn't happen too often, but if we traumatize our kids, we're like, well, you know, we got to keep uh, psychotherapists and counselors and all those kinds of things in business somehow. And if you don't get traumatized by your parents, who is going to traumatize you, right? But, but it, it's true that our, that our human families have some dysfunction in them. Right? And we need to be careful when we use the metaphor of family in the scriptures to not confuse that with the darker or messier or yucker as- yuckier ex- aspects of human families. Right? Some people really struggle with the idea, for example, of God as father. Right? And, and you can understand this. If you grew up and your father was never there, why on earth would you want a heavenly father? Fathers are terrible. Right? If, if your father was an abusive, alcoholic, manic, depressive, why would you want a heavenly father? All you know of fathers is something terrible. Why would you want that? Right? So some people really struggle with the idea of God as father. Because they're having a tough time, understandably, separating God as Father and, and their earthly fathers. Because we use the one, sometimes, as a metaphor for the other. 
right? And so it is with our siblings as well, right? We, we, we get along with our siblings, hopefully well, but not always. And it's not always perfect and things are messy and they, they're broken and they're yucky and so on and so forth. But in the kingdom, when God is talking through Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ is talking as the Son of God and our brother, He is talking about a family whose bonds go beyond blood and whose health is uh, going to be so much better than the health of our human families. And so when Jesus says, who is my mother and brother and sister and, and so on, he is saying, okay, these people, as they do God's will, as they are growing in their faithfulness, as they are co-heirs with me of the kingdom, they are my mothers and brothers and sisters. They are the ones who are doing the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is, of course, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? So, brothers and sisters, we are. Now, sometimes this is tough for us. One of the unhealthy things about human families is that sometimes we hide things from each other. Sometimes we keep things to ourselves that, that might really actually be better if we dealt with them. We go Christmas after Christmas after Christmas with some hurt that happened 20 years ago that we never ever dealt with because we don't want to cause the ripples. We don't want to cause the waves. We don't want to spoil Christmas. Right? Or, or, or we have the, the, the situation where, you know, we cut one another off. You do that. You're no son of mine. You're no brother of mine. No sister of mine. Or, or we, we have this situation where, where we, we grow up and we move away and we lose contact. We just, we just don't talk to each other. I haven't seen my brother or sister in 30 years. They're basically a stranger to me. And, and see, all of those things and others are part of dysfunctional human family. And they're also part of church families. Right? I mean, in this church, in this particular congregation, many of us have known one another for years, decades, our whole lives. Right? And that, that has with it, of course, really great things, and it also has with it some difficult things. Right? But there's also a sense in which some of us, we don't really know one another. Because I don't go to work with Cody every day. I don't, I don't spend time with him every day. I see him at church, you know, and, and I talk with him. Once in a while we have a visit maybe, right? But, but how much do I, am I really family? 
And, and I'm not saying that we all have to spend every moment of every day with each other, but it is so easy in this world for us to be distant from one another even while we occupy the same pews in the church. Right? Think about 200 years ago, right? 200 years ago, um, chances are good that you would have lived, you, you would have had to have lived pretty close to the village of Athens in order to come to church here. Right? Because you got, at best, a horse and carriage. Right? So you live pretty close to the church here. And obviously, your kids would go to the school here. And obviously, you would have to work here. Or, you know, in the farms right around. You wouldn't have any choice but to spend a lot of time with all the people in the village and in your church. Whereas now, of course, we've got people who come from... I don't know, who's the farthest away? Who's, who came here from far away today? We have people who come from Brockville. We have people who come from Prescott. Yeah, evil, evil Prescott, definitely the wrong side of the tracks there, right? <laughs> right? We have people who come, there's no way on earth that you could have come from Prescott 200 years ago. Not possible, right? And, and so we don't work with each other. We don't, we don't, hang out with each other sometimes. We don't go to school together sometimes. We don't... The only thing we do is in the pews on Sunday. And so for us to be brothers and sisters, like I said, we don't have to spend every moment of every day with each other, but because of our culture, we need to put in a little bit more effort, perhaps, than might be natural to us. It's the same with being transparent and honest and going through the tough stuff. Right? We might like to, or might even feel obligated to, not talk about some of the difficult stuff. Right? I, I really don't like that we sing so many hymns or so many contemporary songs but I'll just keep my mouth shut. I'll just suffer in silence, whatever. Right? In, in a good, healthy brother-sister relationship, that's actually not very good, right? I, I mean, it's not necessarily that something's going to change if we talk about it, but at least we've talked about it. At least we've walked through the valley together. At least we've gone through it together. And, and of course, hymns and and and... and Contemporary songs, that's just symbolic for, for things that are much more deep than that. My kid ran away from home, but I don't want anybody to know. I don't want to cause fuss. I don't want to have a scandal. I don't want people to know. Right? I had to get a, I had to get a colonoscopy the other day. Ugh, yuck. Right? Gross. But I don't want to talk about that. That's gross. Right? I, I, I'm having some financial troubles, but I'm ashamed so I don't want to talk about it. I don't want my brother Jared to know that I'm struggling with finances. Because I'd be ashamed. Is that what good, healthy siblings actually do? Right? 
And then, so we, we have the issue of not being close physically or, or because uh, emotionally, because things are so distant. We have, to, we have to do the work to connect with one another and know one another. And, and we have the problem of keeping things to ourselves, of hiding things. And then we have the third problem that we're talking about this morning, the problem of not actually going through the tough stuff together. Right? Okay, so I don't like the theology of this church, let's say, right? Um, I don't like the theology of this church. I don't like that we don't have women serving as elders or ministers. Or I don't like that we do have women serving as deacons. I think, I think it's wrong, one way or another, right? Okay, let's... Rather than just packing our bags and heading off to another church where the theology lines up more with myself, maybe we should try and walk through it together. Maybe we should talk about it. And, and it could be that the conclusion is, in the end, is that, okay, so God is maybe calling you to be a part of a different congregation, a part of the family God in a different place. But at least let's walk through it together. Let's try, let's talk, let's, let's wrestle it out. And, and let's not go away angry, but let's go with blessings on our lips saying, we understand, brother, we understand, sister, blessings on you as you go. And them saying, blessings on you as you stay. You see, this is what Jesus is talking about when he talks about brothers and sisters. Because he, he's, he's not just contrasting his biological family with his, with his spiritual family uh, on the grounds of, you know, hey, uh, if you do God's will, then you're mine, my, my brother, my sibling. But, but he's also contrasting the reality that the disciples are there with him every day. Right? 24-7 practically. They're going through the stuff together. And regardless of what you think about how well they do that, right? We can shake our heads at some of the things that the disciples don't get or don't understand. But they're going through it with Him. They're there with Him the whole time. They're trying. They're learning. They're walking. They're talking. They're even, they're even so... <laughs> They're even so open and vulnerable with each other, which, you know, maybe you might think was not great. They're, they're so open and vulnerable with each other that, that, that the one mom starts to advocate for her kids to be sitting on the right hand of God and the left hand of God when Jesus comes into his kingdom. It'll be good, right? <laughs> they're like, they're that hard on their sleeve. Or, or Peter, right? Like, oh, this is so cool on the mountain of transfiguration. We'll, we'll make tents. We'll make places for Moses and Elijah and you, Jesus, to stay. We'll just live here. Like, it, they're there. Right? And they go through it. And they come out the other side. Even Peter. Even Peter, who was told that he was going to betray Jesus, who was told that he was going to deny Jesus three times, even Peter goes through that darkest of valleys. For him, it was 
So heartbreaking. He goes through that and Jesus comes and sees him and he restores him and brings him. And what happens, right? They are better afterwards than they were before. Right? Peter is so ashamed, so embarrassed, so mortified. But Jesus brings him in and says, Hey, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter cries out, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. And they're together again. And Peter becomes, through the power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and afterwards, he becomes one of the key figures in spreading the Gospel all over the Roman world. And so that, that is what Jesus is talking about when He's talking about my brothers and sisters. When He's talking about His family. And so, my, my brothers and sisters, we have two things to remember. We have two things to remember. We first need to remember that that is how Jesus relates to us. That is what Jesus wants with us. He doesn't want a relationship with you or with me where we sit here in a pew for an hour, an hour and a half a week, and, and that's pretty much it. Right? He wants a relationship with you where you are as thick as thieves. Pardon the metaphor. Thicker than thieves. Where you are, you are, as Proverbs says, you are friends that stick closer than brothers. And Jesus is all in from His side. And so, of course, the question is there, are you? Are you all in for that relationship? And then the second thing that we need to remember, we need to remember that Jesus is all in for a brother-sister relationship with us on a level and a health that we have never, ever known in this world. And the second thing that we need to remember is that that's what God calls us to with each other too. Right? And that's hard, hard work. And on the, in this earth, in this world... In our lifetimes, there will never be a time where people look at this church and truly, honestly can say, hey, wow, they really do have it all together. But hopefully, as we grow, we don't have to fake it. We don't have to pretend like we've got it all together. We can be humble and honest. We can say to one another, man, oh, I really messed up there. I'm so sorry. And we can forgive each other. We can walk through the tough valleys when, when children die, when parents die, when kids run away from God, when, when, when our, our church is really wrestling with doctrinal issues or when, when the, the world around us seems to be falling apart or when our politics disagree. Whatever the issues... We can walk through the valley together and come out stronger together. This is what Jesus came in part to do. 
to bring us into His family. This is filia love. Brotherly, sisterly, sibling love. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you love us, not only as your children, but also in some mysterious way that perhaps we cannot fully comprehend. You love us also as your brother and sisters. Lord, we pray that we would, we would, we would live more and more into the reality of your radical sibling love for us. That we may go through the thick and thin of life together. That we may open our hearts to you whose heart is open to us. Lord, that we may, we may dwell in your presence as your brother, as your sister, all the days of our lives. And Father, we pray that even though in this world it is so hard for people to be close to one another, not, not just physically close to one another, but genuinely in a brother, sister, healthy way close to one another, we pray that somehow through Your Spirit, through Your power, through the renewing of our minds, through the growing that You do through Your Spirit in us and through our active participation that we may come to live with one another as brothers and sisters in the healthiest and best possible ways. Father, may we show that to this world, not, not faking it, not pasting over the yuckiness, but in, vulnerably, in vulnerability and humility, may we walk this way so that all might see that we are your disciples by our love for one another. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.